Hello, this is Ron Clark from the Agape Church of Christ in Portland, Oregon, and you are listening to the God of Second Chances podcast. Welcome back to the God of Second Chances podcast, searching for hope in the ancient biblical narrative. I'm Ron Clark in the Agape Church of Christ in Portland, Oregon, and we are going through the book of Exodus. Today we talk about a new relationship. In the ancient world, we mentioned in the book of Genesis that the word for covenant, barit, is the idea of a contract or a relationship. In a covenant, in a relationship, there are stipulations. In many cases, the person in power or the king or the one who owned the property or the land offered a covenant with those who were subservient to them. And then the stipulations were typically, if you break this covenant, so these are going to be your punishments. Sometimes if you have a benevolent king or leader, they would also say, if I break this covenant, this will be my stipulations. The ancient world knew relationships in this way. What does it mean to live in a world where you have a relationship that has stipulations? What does it mean to live in a world where the person offering hope to you has just as much responsibility to the relationship as you do. Let's open to Exodus chapters 23 through 25 and we're going to look at the narrative and search for hope in the God of Second Chances. We've been going through the book of Exodus as the people of Israel have journeyed out. And we talked about the ten words, the ten ten Dabarim, the ten things on Mount Sinai. And now we move into a covenant or a relationship. Uh, A covenant, as we said, involves stipulations. And often we are uncomfortable with that. Whether we might live in a world where... You know, we sign contracts and we understand regulations and rules. Uh, Some people feel that's negative, partly because we think big business is trying to cover their interests and not protect ours. And that can be true. Uh, The high interest rates on credit card loans and loans, uh, you know, if you pay late, the late payment fees, it just makes it so that the person uh, who's actually the more vulnerable is not able to get out of debt. And it puts... Uh, you know, while the, the business may claim, well, we're protecting our interests, they're really the ones with the money. Uh, and so that might be one reason that we're upset or we don't like contracts and stipulations. Other people just don't like obligations. They want to be free spirits and have no responsibilities. In the ancient world, this is not how it worked. People were vulnerable. They were dependent on the institution with money and power to help them out. If they were a good, a good power, they would uh, offer stipulations on their end. Yeah, this is the responsibility you have. We have a responsibility as well. If they weren't, they would exploit people. The people left Egypt where their king exploited them. And now they have a God who seeks a relationship with them. And what does God do? God does what God did in the podcast Smoking Pot with Abraham, uh, with uh, Noah, a sacrifice. An animal is killed and blood is spilled. 
And that symbolizes the sacrifice. That symbolizes the, may this be done to me, and may this be done to you, if we fail to fulfill our covenant. And it's interesting that in Exodus 24, verse 8, and remember, we're not doing verse by verse. We're encouraging you to stop at any point and read either your daily devotional or if you're listening to this with a group and you want to have a Bible study with a group, or if you're like many of our English as a second language learners who are in other countries, you want to stop and translate for uh, your community that you're working with. Either way, uh, we're not going verse by verse, and so we want to encourage you to read. But do take note of verse 8 in chapter 24. Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, This is the blood of the covenant that Yahweh has made with you in accordance with all these words. And then Moses and Aaron and his two sons, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 elders, go up to the mountain where God was, and they see God. Under God's feet was something like a pavement made of sapphire, clear as the sky itself. But God did not raise a hand against the leaders. They saw God, they ate and drank. That must have been an amazing scene. God was watching them eat. That's how they symbolized the covenant. It wasn't just the killing of an animal and the spilling of blood. This was a barbecue. This was a feast. This was how the leaders and the people were able to feed themselves. And they did it in the presence of God. What does it mean to have a relationship with a God who wants to watch us eat? Think about that for a moment. I don't believe that they were sitting there scared to death. Hey, we better not put our elbows on the table. Or God's going to make us toast, you know. Or, hey, you know, watch out where you use that fork. Or I don't believe that they were, they were in terror watching God. It must have been a very beautiful moment to be in the presence of God and eat. Because for God, the relationship is about community. It's about caring for people. It's about feeding. It's about helping. Imagine going to, um, say, get a phone, uh, a cell phone or a smartphone at a store, and they sign the document and they say, let's sit down and have a cup of coffee, or let's sit down and have a soda, or let's sit down and, and have some pizza together and celebrate that we've made this contract. That would seem weird, but this is how God does it. You see, God wants to eat with people. God wants to have relationship with people. Uh, I can see the people eating and just in the presence of God, the, the 70 elders, Nadab, Abihu, um, Moses, and Aaron, and they're eating and they're laughing and they're having fun and they're talking. It's kind of like a television show that we watch, Diners, uh, Drive-Ins, and Dives, where Guy Fieri goes into some uh, some small restaurant and and, and does a, a, a show on their food. And you see the individuals who cook the food and Guy Fieri's eating it. And you can see off to the side, the cook is just standing there, just smiling ear to ear. And they're excited and they want to hear, oh man, that's great. Or, oh man, that's, that's off the chain. You know, they want to hear that. And you get the idea that God is smiling, is there with them while they eat just excited to see this. That's the kind of God in the book of Exodus. And that's the kind of God who we serve. I find it interesting that um, people often say, well, the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, as is the old term that we've expressed we shouldn't use, 
uh, is full of angry God and a God of wrath and a God of, of violence, you know. But yet when you read Exodus 24, you see this God who just delights in eating with people, who sees relationship as sharing, who sees a covenant not as a bunch of stipulations and rules and slavery, but sees it as a time of celebration. There's another story that's very similar to this, and I often think of it when I read Exodus 24, or I think of Exodus 24 when I read the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. For those of us who are Christian, the story is that Jesus has his disciples prepare a Passover lamb. And yes, Jesus ate meat, and they would have had lamb that night to celebrate the Passover, which is Again, we talked about in the book of Exodus. What I find is interesting is in Luke 22, verse 14, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I tell you, I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And then he takes the, he takes the cup and he says the same thing Moses said in Exodus 24, 8. He you know, this is this is the you know, this is the cup the covenant. This is the blood of the covenant. And he's he's going back to that Exodus experience, but what I think is interesting is the phrase, I have eagerly desired to eat with you. Think about that. He knows he's going to die. He knows he's you know, he'll raise again, but he knows he's going to go through tremendous suffering. He's going to be not only physically traumatized but spiritually and emotionally traumatized people are going to turn their back on him his friends are going to betray him his one friend sitting at this meal is going to hand him over he's going to go through this awful traumatic physical spiritual and emotional event and what is it that he wants to do he wants to eat with them in fact he says i've eagerly i've eagerly desired to eat with you have you ever thought of communion on a Sunday morning is that oh we, we were sad about the, the death of Jesus and we sometimes whip the group into a frenzy of being sad and we tell the graphic stories that not even the gospel writers told uh, the graphic accounts of of crucifixion and we want everybody to be sad and we want to be somber Have we ever thought of it as a celebration this is Jesus saying I want to eat with you before I suffer I want to have a meal imagine a family member or a friend going in for surgery or maybe going to say I'm going to go confront this gang that lives on my block and I'm going to make it I'm probably going to be dead but let's have pizza together <laughs> let's have a hamburger let's let's go have barbecue together imagine before this traumatic event they say I want to eat with you Communion is a celebration of the covenant God has with the people. It's the covenant Jesus has with it. It's the, the spilling of blood and the breaking of the body, but it is a time when he eagerly wants to be with us. And I can imagine Jesus and the disciples clapping and dancing and laughing and having a good time, and Jesus said, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to remember. And then we're going to do it again when I resurrect in the kingdom. That's the kind of God that we serve. That's the kind of Lord we worship. I hope that you know that. I hope that you understand that. I hope that you really, truly believe 
that the God of second chances is a God of love and mercy and a God who wants a relationship with you. And we can come up with a whole list of reasons why we've been unfaithful, but maybe it's a good opportunity to just say, God wants me to eat in the presence of the, of the creator of the world. God wants a relationship with me. And I'm going to respond. And as Moses told the people, you have to be, you know, you're going to enter into a relationship with God. You've, you've got to do what God says. And we're going to see that as we move on. And you've got to sign a contract. And you got you have regulations. You have stipulations. I know people will say, well, now, you know, that's, that's works. Um, no, that's what we call works. In the ancient world, when you were in a relationship, you had an obligation to be faithful. Just like in a marriage. You have an obligation to be faithful to each other. That's just what it means to be married. That's just what a covenant is. That's what a relationship is. You have a God who is faithful to you. You have a Savior who is faithful to you and who eagerly wants to be in relationship with you. That's something to celebrate. I'm Ron Clark with the Agape Church of Christ. And this is the God of Second Chances podcast. I want to encourage you to send us an email if you need to at podcast at agapecoc.com. When we finish Exodus, we'll go on. But if Spotify and the other platforms say you don't have enough listeners, then we'll have to stop. Listen to the podcast. Send us an email. Let us know what your thoughts are. And let us know if we're helping you. As we say, go in peace. Love God. Serve others. And remember, the God of second chances.